Hello, this is Jim Bennett, and this is Dinner Table Politics. And if it seems strange that I'm by myself, you're not alone. It's strange to me, too. I'm up at a business conference in Northern California, and as we were planning to do the podcast, I was getting ready, and my daughters graciously volunteered to do the podcast on my behalf without any intervention from me. However, don't be surprised if at some point I decide to jump in and offer some much-needed adult supervision. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you a special treat here. I'm going to let Abby and Eliza take it away. So let's start over, shall we? Hello, and welcome to Dinner Table Politics. My name is Abby Bennett. And my name is Eliza Bennett. Um, (laughs) Jim can't be here this week. He is in San Francisco. So we recruited Eliza, my little sister, Jim's uh, lesser-known daughter, to be on the podcast with us. Welcome. Thanks for that wonderful introduction, Abby. I've been on the podcast before, but happy to be back. So today we have a very special episode for our listeners, a spooky episode. Oh! <laughs> this is a disaster. Today we're going to be talking about the different ghosts of the White House. We figured since it's close to Halloween, why not bring a little bit of scary stuff into the podcast? Just blessing all of your lives with different ghosts. Okay, so Eliza, you hit us with our first ghost story. All right, the most reported ghost being seen in the White House is Abraham Lincoln. Um, Which, okay, this is something I thought about a lot, actually. Why do ghosts, like, come back and just, like... If I was a ghost, I wouldn't come back and, like, open some doors and, like, walk past people really quickly, you know? Like, why do they come back and just, like, do really subtle, creepy stuff? If I was a ghost, I would, like slam doors and like right you know and like just paint the town red like like honestly like what i just i guess i just don't really understand the ghost mindset a lot maybe when i'm in their shoes i'll understand more but anyways i don't understand why he had to come back to the white house like he didn't even die there i know and if i if i was a ghost too i'd like want to go see the world i would like go to the louvre while it was like empty you know that's what i would do as a ghost you're right abby you've really got this ghost thing down you should tell him how to do it but, so, Abraham Lincoln, he is often seen in the Lincoln bedroom. Surprise, surprise. That makes surprise. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's a pretty major one. Um, and the... Who sees him? Does it say... We're, yeah. We're getting this from, like, the official White House website, so this is, yeah. like, legitimate. This, this is real-life history, folks. There's no arguments. Ghosts are real. But, so, Lincoln was, has been seen the most during Franklin D. Ru- Roosevelt. Wow. Roosevelt. Roosevelt uh, presidency. And people speculate that it's because Roosevelt was facing a similar battle as Lincoln, but I don't like that because I don't think the Great Depression and the Civil War can be related. Also, so was the ghost of Lincoln like, oh, I really wish I could help him out. I'll just (laughs) creep out the people that live in his house. Like, how is that helpful? Well, his poor wife was the one who used the Lincoln bedroom as her study. And so this woman is just going in there late at night. Yeah. And she's just getting creeped out because Abraham Lincoln is just staring out the window like... That's of a really real moral support. That's interesting. Sorry, Eleanor. What that a bummer. Um, my favorite story that I found about Abraham Lincoln's ghost was when Winston Churchill reportedly saw him. Um, and 
Churchill had just gotten out of the bath and was going into his room and was reportedly completely nude when Abraham Lincoln appeared at the fireplace and Winston Churchill said, good evening, Mr. President, you seem to have me at a disadvantage. Okay, so I have a lot of questions about that story. (laughs) First of all, if you saw a dead person while you were naked, would the first thing you say be good evening? (laughs) Like, no. He just wants to be polite. That does not make sense. A good host in his room. At all. Why, like... How old was he? That's a that's something we should consider. Like, how old was Winston Churchill? Because he probably wasn't like in his best mindset if he was walking or his around. best shape. I don't know if Lincoln wants to see that either. And then I also want to know what was the ghost's reaction? Was he like, <laughs> oh, excuse me, or like, uh, I've seen it all, anyways. You know, like, much to consider here, folks. I just feel like there are better people to visit in the nude than Winston Churchill. Okay, don't you have one more story? I have a co- another another Lincoln story. It's not um, Abraham Lincoln, but after um, Abraham and Mary Todd's son died, Will- Mary- Willie, yeah, R.I.P. Um, Mary Todd, he was little. He was a yeah, little guy. He was a little babe. Well, not babe, but he, to grieve her son, began to participate in spirit circles and seances oh, in the White House. Serious? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Did they know what rooms they were doing the seances? In the red room at the White House and the presidential... Dude! Yeah. That's crazy. So I think Mary Todd was really what invited all these ghosts to continue to, to haunt the White yeah, House. Yeah, that's probably why, like, all this stuff happened, is because, like, she opened a portal to the spirit world. I've seen movies. I know how it works. Like, whenever when you bring the Ouija board out... That's when stuff hits the wall. Hits the fan, I mean, you know? Like, that's when it all goes down. Is when, like, no one told when, Mary Todd about Ouija board. I, if I had been there, I would have warned her against meddling with the spirit world. These are not trivial matters. Ugh, what a bummer. Um, Willie Todd... Willie Todd, that is the wrong name. Willie Lincoln himself has been seen by staff members. But I feel like... How would they know what he looks like, also? like Are there not pictures of him? I guess, but if I saw a little kid in the White House, I would think it's a little kid. I wouldn't be like, that's Willie Willie Lincoln, you know? You're just not as closely acquainted with Willie as some of us are. I'm a skeptic, I must admit. I'm not totally sold. But this, again, this is on the White House's official page, like... Yeah, I'm on the White House page, so... Fuck Abby. Willie Willie Lincoln has been seen. Blame the White House. Um, another ghost that has been seen was Abigail Adams. Someone. What was she was, doing? She was hanging laundry, which, again, if you were a ghost, would you really come back and be like, I need to do some laundry today? Well, they say that the reason that you're a ghost is because you have unfinished business. She had unfinished <laughs> she had laundry. Unfin- she That's why some. she had to come back. So before you die, make sure that all of your affairs are in order. Make sure all of your laundry is folded and put away, or else you might be stuck doing laundry for eternity. Which would be that terrible. is my version of hell. That would be awful. There, you go on this page, and there are stories after stories. Some of them are less amusing than others, like this one about the unnamed British soldier. Like, who decided that this was an unnamed? What? How do they even know who this is? Wait, what does he do? Is he? In the it White just House? says he he roams the White House grounds. Like, how do they know this isn't just some weirdo dressing up in soldier garb who's broken into the White House? Oh, man, that'd be a good way to, like, break into the White House, then. It's pretending to be a ghost? It's pretending to be a ghost. <laughs> they don't be like, oh, it's the, it's the unnamed soldier. Just let him in. Just don't <laughs> Open bother. the gates. Don't bother him. Let him... Let a him new pace. staffer's like, the unnamed soldier's, like, taking a lot of stuff. And they're like, just don't, just don't look at him. Just, it just happens. He has some unfinished business. He has unfinished business. 
If you were to break into the White House via pretending to be a ghost, what ghost would you pretend to be? Uh, Abigail Adams. Well, my name's. Do you want to do laundry? Well, I no no no. I thought this was in in context of like a heist. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, fair. Okay, fair. I can understand. I think I'd go with Lincoln. I'd put on the top hat. I would scare Melania. <laughs> I don't think she would say you caught me at a disadvantage. Poor lady. Poor Eleanor. I'm still thinking about that. She really. Yeah, she had a hard. She had a hard. She got the short end of that stick. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt and her secretary were the ones who reportedly saw Abraham Lincoln the most. Her secretary had seen Lincoln pulling his boots on as if he had to go somewhere, but then he didn't go anywhere. How come, um, (laughs) he just stayed? They're like, you going out in the town, babe? He just sits there and they're like, okay, see you later. Does finger guns and walks out of the room. (laughs) That's showbiz, babe. We'll be back with more spooky politics after this break. I have, a, I have a really scary White House story for you. Are you saying those other ones weren't very scary? This one, this one I'm going to like tell as an actual story. Oh, so like, paint the scene. Lonely night in 1946, President Harry S. Truman is going to bed at 9 p.m. Six hours later, he hears a... That's knock, knock, knock. <laughs> okay, so this sound wakes him up. And then this is these, this is what he actually writes to his wife in a letter that is, like, in his actual presidential library. Okay? And I quote, I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one there. Went out and looked up and down the hall, looked in your room and Margie's, still no one. Went back to bed after locking the doors, and there were footsteps in your room whose door I left open. Jumped and looked, and no one there. The darned place... <laughs> he didn't actually say darned. So, but... We're, we're, keep, we're keeping it PG here. The darned place is haunted, sure as shooting. Secret Service said not even a watchman was up here at that hour. You and Margie had better come back and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. So, President Harry S. Truman saw a ghost that basically, like, doorbell ditched him. Not, I mean, like, except not doorbell. Knock, knock, knock ditched him. So I think we've established that the White House is a freaking haunted place. Or all of our president's... And their wives in history are just or, crazy. Okay, no, no, no. Here's something to consider, though. What if, like, the mental stress just of being a president just, like, causes them to be more likely to see this stuff? Or what if... Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it's a combination of it already being, like, a haunted place plus, like, the mental strain placed on these people. Here's what I'm saying. Is they're aging 20 years because the ghosts are sucking the life out of them and that's why they see them is because the ghost takes on oh some of their gosh. life. This is... This is, this is like, Harry Potter-type-ish. This is, like, a conspiracy. This, like, is going deeper than I even ever thought it would. So, after Harry Truman wrote this letter about him being knock-knock-ditched... To his wife, um, his his daughter writes him back, and she was really skeptical of him and didn't really believe him. And like, and writes to her dad and basically says like, "You're you're full of crap. You're not you're not right." And in his in his reply, he says, "I'm sure they're here, and I'm not so much alarmed at meeting up with any of them. I am sure old Andrew Jackson should give me could give me some good advice and probably teach me good swear words." And I'm sure old Grover Cleveland could tell me some choice remarks to make to some political leaders, so I won't lock my doors or bar them, either if any of the old coots in the pictures out in the hall want to come out of their frames for a friendly chat. So he was pretty, like... He's open to the idea of ghosts. He's not that freaked out by it. He's like, well, if they're going to be here, I might as well 
make the best of it and get some advice. I'm concerned that the one he wanted advice from was Andrew Jackson. I know that, and Grover Cleveland too. What did Grover Cleveland do? Nothing that I can remember, which means he's not that great of a president. I know. Like if 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 I was going to ask some ghost for advice, I would be bugging Lincoln's ghost or like George Washington's ghost. I wouldn't want Andrew Jackson's ghost. Yeah, how that's do- the worst kind of ghost, like racist ghosts. <laughs> Well, here's something to consider is that usually in horror movies, you're more of an expert than me. They have to invite the ghost in somehow. And so... Yeah, like we were talking about with seances earlier. Yeah. And so there are actually multiple reports of different first ladies doing seances in the White House. And so uh, the other one was first lady Jane Pierce. Married to Franklin Pierce. (laughs) But you just gotta wonder what's going on in all of these first ladies' so, heads. No, so what was the seance for? Does, do, we, do we know what she was doing the seance for? Yeah, so this one was another... Her young son had also died, similar to Mary Todd. But her son died in a train wreck in 1853. That's sad. But, That's sad that, like, that you're so desperate, like, to... See to call them back yeah that's so yeah. sad but so yeah so she held a seance to summon him back but if horror movies are any telling whenever you try and summon someone you always that's get the wrong always ghost. a bad idea always it never turns out well ever like I, that's a, like i can think of like three horror movies off the top of my head that like start with that basically with like someone trying to invite a good spirit in but then the bad ones come Bad ones are always just itching to get back. I know. They they really are. <laughs> they have a lot of laundry to do. <laughs> they need to get back. A lot of things to hang up on that line. A lot of things indeed. This is the portion of the evening when they stopped recording and they came into the other room and said, Dad, help. It's nice to be wanted, but I think they did a great job for their first time out. And it's really an interesting thing to talk about some of these things. And one of the things I didn't discuss with them when I was there was when I went back to Washington, D.C., when my father fell ill, uh, he had a stroke three weeks before he passed away. And when he fell ill, all of the brothers and sisters descended to his bedside. And one night, we felt like, okay, we need to do something just to sort of break up what's going on. And we took a walking tour that actually walked you through the Lincoln assassination. You started at the White House, and you walked to Ford's Theater, where Lincoln was assassinated. And they explained to you that Lincoln's assassination was not just a single moment or event. It was a conspiracy to assassinate the president, the vice president, and the secretary of state. And the only one that followed through on it was John Wilkes Booth, who actually was successful in killing the president. But the person who was supposed to kill the vice president chickened out and the person who tried to kill the Secretary of State shot him, uh, but he recovered. And they didn't realize it was part of a conspiracy to get the president at the time. So there's a whole lot of history. There's a whole lot of spooky history. And Abby, Eliza, and myself will discuss all of that when we get back from our break. So hello, this is the ghost of Jim Bennett coming in here in the middle. Uh, I understand you've Me been... and Eliza tried to record it by ourselves, and then we quickly realized that was a recipe for disaster. Oh my it was, gosh. It was 80% garbage, most of what we said. Well, I thought you guys were going to talk about the, you know, all of the ghosts of we, Washington. We tried we, tried. we hit a lot of the ghosts. You hit a lot of the ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you did you tell them about the story about when we went back to Washington and we went on that... That was in Georgetown, though. That wasn't in... Right. 
in the White House. Me are mostly hitting on White House scary stories. White House scary stories. Well, the Georgetown scary stories were really remarkable. So when we were back in Washington, D.C. Like he's so much better at this. No, when we were back in Washington. He's so bad at this. You know, you're good. You're good. Don't give yourselves a hard time. When we were back in Washington, D.C., we went back, what was that, 2010? I think. No. Or was it more? I was in high school. Or was so more? It was, it was like, I was in sixth grade. No, the, the latest time we went to, back to. It was, was after right before, Dad was right, it? It was right before Grandpa died. About 2015, right? Yeah, it was 2015 because you graduated. So yeah. we went back because we went back in 2010, right after Dad had lost the election, so that we could do things that only senators' families could do. And the coolest thing when we did that was we went up to the top of the Capitol Dome. You you have to go up with a member of Congress to go up to the top of the Capitol Dome. Right. And uh, that was kind of fun. But there weren't any ghosts that involved with that. There was lots of dead moths. Lots of dead So de- many. There's so much dust up there. I have wondered that, actually. If humans can become ghosts, can, like, bugs become ghosts? Like, are there ghosts of, like, butterflies and things? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I haven't heard any ghost stories with ghost butterflies in them. Have Maybe you? that's just because humans are self-centered you and don't talk closer. about other... Yeah, you have to lean in here because this is the first time we've had all three of us here. It's very crowded. It's very crowded. But so this is good. Well, we one we're trying to find things to do when we were in Washington DC and one of the things that was suggested they have a bunch of walking tours of Washington DC, right? And so we went on the Ghosts of Georgetown walking tour. And I can't believe you guys didn't talk about that. You you did not discuss we that. We were preoccupied. All right, fine. Well, uh, the first story they told us when we went on the Ghosts of Georgetown walking tour, we walked through Georgetown and we went to the home of Robert Lincoln, who was Abraham Lincoln's son. Oh, I vaguely remember Do you this. remember this? Yeah, a little bit. All I remember from that tour is the Exorcist stairs. Yeah, the Exorcist yeah, stairs. Awesome. Yeah, at the very end of the tour, you walk down the stairs where the this priest is, gets thrown. In, these like, the actual stairs are in Georgetown that they filmed on. That's right. That's right. So at the very end of the tour, but uh, Robert Todd Lincoln was his name, and uh, there there were people who said being he, a creepy guy was his game, right? Um, so he was associated with the very first three presidential assassinations in history. Uh, the day that his father was assassinated, he'd eaten breakfast with him, but he'd been invited to go with his father to Ford's Theater that evening, but he decided to stay at the White House instead. And he, you know, the rest is history. Uh, And he felt like perhaps if he had gone to Ford Theater that maybe he would have been able to prevent the murder. That's horrible. That'd be a horrible thing to live with. Well, so he was then appointed to be Secretary of War in 1881. And um, James Garfield was the President of the United States. And uh, he... He was driving through. At one point, he said, how many sorrows have I passed in this town? And uh, he was there when President Garfield was assassinated. And later on, he accepted President William McKinley's invitation to attend the Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. Have you guys ever heard the musical Assassins? No? Nope. Never even heard of it? Nope. Stephen Sondheim's musical about all is it, the... Is it like um, a musical based on Kill Bill? 
It is not. That would be great. A friend of mine... Quentin Tarantino, call me. I have lots of ideas. Have you seen Kill Bill? Yeah. It's a Awful. great movie. It's a I gr- do not like it. I like, I like the second one better than the first one. No, it was just like Dude, when she breaks out it. of the coffin... That's no! so great. Oh, man. That's like one of the best like sequences in movie history. You know, I, I used to review movies, and I stopped seeing any movie by Quentin Tarantino after I had to see Reservoir Dogs. Because my job was not just to review movies. My job was to count the swear words. And Reservoir Dogs had 273 swear words. I've never words. seen that one. I've only seen Kill Bill. I, I bet there are a lot of swear words. Were you sad when you couldn't count the F words in Wolf of Wall Street? I didn't count. Well, yeah, but that had over 500. I know. I think. It, had, yeah, it had like like more. It had like a crazy amount per minute when like they averaged it out. It was, yeah. Right. Well, we've derailed a little bit the we've story. A lot. Yeah. See, so this is, is what this is what happens when you're not here to bring us back. I've got to go and figure out what it is you guys have talked about. I'll, I'll edit it up and we'll see what we have. But Robert Todd Lincoln, he went. There's a song in the musical Assassins about the death of William McKinley and the whole thing's about the Pan-American exposition in Buffalo. You go look, look it up. It's a good song. Anyway, uh, a guy got, I'm not gonna look it up. a guy got I up to the front of the line and shot William McKinley at, at point blank, blank range. There was, there's a line to shake hands with the president. And, uh, so what did William McKinley do that was so bad? I don't even know who he is. Well, the interesting thing is that Robert Todd Lincoln was associated was, with all yeah. three of those presidents. That's crazy. And the last, so he decided to go into hiding, and the last thing he did was he came out when uh, Warren Harding dedicated the Lincoln Memorial. Oh my gosh! And, and then he died later. And then Warren Harding died of natural causes. Of natural causes. But he died in office. So you have Robert Todd Lincoln, who's associated with three That's deaths. That's a horrible feeling. That poor guy. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. I don't know. But see, that's, that's a good haunting story. Do you remember the one about the Civil War story? No. About their, the whole, just the war? The war was horrible. The, was war, was the, the war was bad. But during the Civil War, there was the story of this soldier who came back. And his mother, this was in Georgetown, and his mother welcomed him back and said, how did you get home? And he says, just, and she, he says, I've come home to say oh, goodbye. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And, it turned, and, then, and then they get the telegram the next day that says that he died. That says that he died. That's horrible. So that's the Georgetown ghost story. And there's another ghost story. There's this huge, huge house right on the Potomac in Georgetown. And it, there was a tunnel where they actually brought slaves in that were being sold in the slave trade and they they walled up the tunnel after the slave trade ended but they still insist that you can still hear the screams of slaves if you go down into the tunnel that's another theme that i've like seen in horror movies is they think that like sites where there was lots of suffering are more likely to attract ghosts right see it's always interesting to me that all the elections fall around halloween and so Almost at the that's end. That's the real horror story. Here. That's the real horror story. But, Politics. Well, when, American horror story election night. When your grandfather ran for office the first time in 1992, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln appeared to him. The, 
Well, he just got out of the back. <laughs> he said, he caught me at a disadvantage. He caught me at a disadvantage. Yeah. That's what Winston Churchill said to Abraham Lincoln. What, what the, to the ghost of Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, Abraham you weren't Lincoln hearing me talking about it. I missed that one. No, that's not, Abraham Lincoln, the ghost was in the nude? No, no, Winston Churchill was in <laughs> Winston Churchill was that in the nude. That would have been iconic if they were both in the That's the uh, other thing about ghosts, is like, people like, I, I've like met people that have said they've seen ghosts, but if I saw a ghost, that would be like all I talked about forever. Because, you know, like, when you talk to people and they, like, casually bring up, like, oh, yeah, I believe in ghosts. Like, I've seen blah, 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 blah. If I saw a ghost, I would never stop talking about it. I would call the police. I would, like, lose my mind, you know? Like. Well, how do you know they didn't? Because I've talked to them. Like, most people that say that they've seen ghosts, like, bring it up when, like, they're not even, like, really prompted to. They'll just be, when you're, you know. Well, I was telling a story about a true ghost story. There are no ghosts involved, necessarily. But I remember that your grandfather ran an ad right before Election Day that said, Halloween is coming and Wayne Owens is trying to scare you. Because the story was that Wayne Owens was running all of these ads about how Grandpa was going to cut Social Security benefits and destroy all of this stuff. And so he ran this Halloween ad where he tried to get on a spooky voice. Uh, he should have gotten in sort of a vampire outfit, but I don't think that would Who's that, that guy last year in the um, Republican Senate like, right. primary like who ran like smear ads against John Curtis that had like cartoon bats? Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that? No, I used to tell that story to everybody because when I was running against John Curtis, yeah, that was uh, Tanner Ainge. No, 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 it was Chris, the other one, it starts with a C. Was it Tanner Ainge? Tanner Ainge. I thought it was the other guy. Well, no, Chris Herod? Yeah. I think, well, well, some, I, I don't think it was one, one of the candidates. I think there was a super PAC that oh, ran an ad. That's another horror story. That uh, Cam- Campaign finances, American horror story. Yeah, well, there's a lot of scary stuff in, there is. in politics. No, I, I used to tell that story because the ad was, here's something that's very scary. Tanner Ainge says that if he's elected, he'll actually try to work with the Democrats. And oh no, I not know. bipartisanship! Not bipartisanship. And 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 they had his picture in front of a gravestone. At the end of it, a bunch of bats flew out from okay, behind the but grave. That, if I was running for office, I would use that as my own ad. That would be my whole platform. What bipartisanship? Spooks? No, so. so spook alleys, spookiness, spookiness. I don't think you'll see Abby as president anytime soon. Like my my um like signs for like the sides of roads would be in the shape of tombstones. Like what we put out in our front yard. Yeah. Instead, instead of saying RIP, it just says vote for Abby. Yeah. Well, that would be BFA. fun. <laughs> I'd vote for you. I think it'd be cool to have like a theme for your election. Mine, sp- mine would be like dead presidential campaign should mirror student council campaigns more honestly it should like you need you need phrases you need snacks you need costumes ridiculous (laughs) i guess we already do ridiculous stuff yeah yeah well they but well they do do that they do a whole bunch of particularly in utah when you have the conventions uh the people go to the conventions and they're wined and dined and they're these huge big uh, all kinds of swag they give out and everything else. It's not scary necessarily. I think it's scary. Well, it can be. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get back from our break. When your grandfather first ran for office, his biggest expenditure that he reported to the FEC, to the 
Federal Election Commission. Was, was hiring the ghost hunters to clear out. No ghost hunters. Ghostbusters? No ghostbusters. It was paying for food. He was buying he was buying dinner for possible delegates. But this is fair use. We're using it as parody. I already sang a piece from Assassins. That's true. You know, should I just sing Assassins for the whole podcast? Would you be excited? That is spooky. That is a scary idea. Well, just so you know, everybody, I just passed the second round to be in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Nope, you can't say that. Uh, Yes, that's spooky. You're not allowed to say Mormon anymore. Sorry. The Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. The T-Cats. The Tab-Cats. So I don't know how scary that is or how spooky that is. So I don't know if I added any kind of spook value to any of this. Uh, you just focused on ghosts that were in the White House. Yeah, the first part was a lot spookier. The second part was a lot better done and had more content. Oh, well, <laughs> you have to give yourselves credit. Or well, we do, should are. you not? Should I go this back is, and... This is a disaster. This, this podcast this is, is not a disaster. Off the rails. You might lose all of your followers based on this podcast. No, I don't think we will. I think we'll keep most of our followers here. So as we approach election day and uh, Halloween and Halloween, you're going to see scarier and scarier ads uh, just driving Ooh, down. This is great because it's bringing it back to like a, like a, a point. This is good. <laughs> this is good. This well, is what we need. Well, driving down here, I was looking at a bunch of billboards and it said Democrat McAdams equals Pelosi. And I also saw a TV ad that said, if you vote for Democrats, this, these are all the terrible things that are going to happen. And, it, it, oh, hello. What's, what's really remarkable is that trying to get people to the polls, uh, can, that can be accomplished by a number of different means. And one of the most effective motivators is, is fear. Ghosts. Is ghosts. Is fear. Absolutely. Uh, it's not enough. What's the like the um, quote from like the Art of War or something about that? Like fear. I don't know, but I have a relevant story. Okay, tell your relevant story. Um, so they did a study about what gets people out to vote the most, like door to door canvassing or like phone banking, and they found that the most effective way to do it is, is to send out putting guns um, to people's heads, send out letters that have all of your neighbors' names on it, and then if they voted in the last election and whether you voted in the last election, shame, shame. Oh. Yeah, and so it says we're gonna send this out again after election day, and they found that that was the most effective way, and so fear and shame is the best way to get people to vote. So. Shame all your neighbors into voting. Well, that's like that's like a well-known psychological like phenomenon. Like the most powerful motivators. Okay, well, I was just like tying it fear. back to politics, Abby. <laughs> this is also is like we're like there's literally a whole season. There's a show called American Horror Story, yeah, and it changes every season, you know. And there's a whole season called Cult, and it's just about like politics and about using fear and to get people to vote a certain way well that's one of the strongest motivators for people to vote it's fear so people vote against somebody as opposed to for somebody because they're terrified of what will happen if the other guy wins and if you don't have a strong candidate or even if you are a strong candidate sometimes it's much easier to motivate people to go to the polls because they hate the other guy so much you saw that in 2016 more than any other because you had the two most disliked candidates in history and both of them were essentially running a campaign of vote for me because I'm not Hillary Clinton. Vote for me because I'm not Donald Trump. Yeah, and that was depressing. It was depressing. That was hor- That was a horrible year, just that whole that campaign a- year. It was, felt like year. it lasted forever. Well, but you're going to see more and more of that. 
It's going to happen every single cycle. Uh, it's happening this cycle here in Utah. People are being told that if they vote for... It's interesting because the, the McAdams and Love race is the only really competitive race. And so that's the one where you're seeing the strongest negative ads. And I saw a whole bunch of ads beating up on Ben McAdams. And Ben McAdams has ads. I haven't seen a lot of him beating up on Mia Love. It's hard to make the name Love sound bad. That's right. Well, the goal is to scare everybody. So hopefully this podcast has accomplished that. Do you think we've scared everybody out there? Don't be afraid of voting. Be afraid of ghosts. That's it. Except actually don't be afraid of ghosts because they don't do anything. They just come and look at you while you're naked and And hang up, hang up laundry, (laughs) hang up laundry. You've caught me at a disadvantage. Walk around the gardens. That's exactly right. But in all seriousness, we are coming up on a very important election and it's very important that you get out and vote. If you aren't registered to vote, make sure that you're registered. Make sure you educate yourself on the candidates and initiatives of your choice. And be an informed citizen. And hopefully this podcast can help you to do that. If you are listening to this on the radio, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on iTunes. We're also at the KSL Podcast Center. And until next week, this is the ghost of Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. I'm Eliza Bennett. And we will see you next week on Dinner Table Politics. Or will we? Ooh.